If you have your Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 24. The book of Genesis chapter 24. We are thankful to see this good number. So glad to see the visitors that have come this way. It's already been good. We had a good Sunday school this morning. I've enjoyed kind of engaging with the youth a little bit or, or just talking with them and kind of seeing where their minds are at. And kind of, we've been discussing the last two weeks witnessing. Uh, and I want them to understand, you know, being part of the church, that we are a body together and that we are, have a work to do together. So uh, if you haven't been coming, won't you come? Certainly school's a good thing. And certainly good to study the word of the Lord. And try to encourage you just to be that we are to esteem one another better than we do ourselves. And so let's put one another ahead of ourselves. Genesis chapter 24. We're going to begin reading with verse 1. We'll stop about verse 9. And I've got some comments I want to make. And then we're going to read several verses, more than we normally do. We're going to read about 26 verses here this morning. But verse 1, And Abraham was old, and well stricken in years, or age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house, that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. But thou shalt go unto my country, and to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And the servant said unto him, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou camest? And Abraham said unto him, Beware thou that thou bring not my son thither again. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give the, this land, he shall send his angel before thee, and I shall take a wife unto my son thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath. Only bring not my son thither again. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and swear to him concerning that matter. So there's a lot of symbolism in this story that we're reading this morning. I'm not going to deal with all the symbolism. But if you were just to study it out, well, I believe what you see is there's a picture of Jesus, no doubt sending out a servant to go and get his Gentile bride. Uh, I know as of yet that maybe Israel did not exist, but at least you see that Jesus, you know, always exists. And uh, he was that high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And so there's some symbolism there that uh, you've got. Abraham, and he said, I will send my servant, and servant, I want you to go, and I want you to, uh, I want you to win this bride over. I want you to bring her back to my son. And so, uh, she had to be willing, didn't she? This woman that we haven't met yet, unless you've read Scripture ahead, you know, uh, she had to be willing, and the servant understood that. He said, what if I go and I find some woman I think's the woman, and she's not willing to come back? He said, well, if she's not willing, then you're free of the oath. He said, but I believe this. I believe God is going to lead you and He's going to provide. 
and you're going to come back with a wife for my son. He said, well, if, if, if that's not the case, then should I bring Isaac to that land and take him back? He said, no. We're not returning back there. She's going to have to come here. We're not going there. And so, uh, I, I mentioned we're not, going, we're not going to get into all the symbolism, but what I do want to get on your mind is that there is a work of God going on here and it's important. This is the will of God. We know that Abraham begat Isaac and Isaac begat Jacob and Jacob's name was changed to Israel and Israel was the father of the 12 tribes, the 12 patriarchs of Israel. And so what we can all agree on this morning is there is a work of God going on that is very, very important. And this servant, as he leaves here, he realizes the magnitude of this, this work that he's been given and this oath that he has been charged with. And so he's praying and he's trusting God to lead him, to prepare the way, to prepare the heart of this future bride. So I want you to get that. He's praying about it. He's, Lord... I don't know who I need to pick. I don't know who who you have in mind, but I'm trusting you and I'm asking you to leave. So verse 10. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of this his master and departed for all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. And she shall say, drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be that be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my servant. And it came to pass before he had done speaking. It's amazing how God works. I know I preach this, and Brother Jerry's mentioned it a few times, uh, God working on both ends. This servant's praying. He's got to work, and God's working on the other end as well. And so he said, whenever, whenever I say this, you, you know, let this woman uh, do as I've asked. And before he even gets through praying that prayer, before he even gets through speaking to the Lord, Verse 15, it came to pass before he had done speaking. Behold, Rebekah came out who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the, son, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin. Neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my Lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher from upon her hand and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also 
until they have done drinking. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again unto the well to draw water and drew for all these camels. And the man wondered, wondering at her, held his peace to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. He's still not quite convinced. Is this the woman? I mean, all this seems to be mighty, so much a coincidence. It can't be this easy. A lot of times when you're doing the work of God, you look up and you see how God is blessing, and you think, God, I, I didn't see it being quite that easy. Sometimes the will of God, it just, it just flows and it's beautiful. Uh, the way that God works when His Spirit is moving. Uh, but He's, he's questioning, Lord, it can't be this easy. You know, have you made my way prosper this quick? Verse 22, and it came to pass as the camels had done drinking that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight and two bracelets for her hand of ten shekels weight of gold and said, whose daughter art thou? Tell me, I pray thee. Is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? And she said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, which shall bear unto Nahor, which she bear unto Nahor. She said, moreover unto him, we have both straw and provender enough and room to lodge in. And the man bowed down his head and worshiped the Lord. Now, again, I know that's a lengthy reading and some of them names are kind of hard to get through, uh, but I hope you got the story of what's going on. This man, this servant sent out to do the work of God and he's praying and he's asking God to lead and he's asking God to make his way prosperous. And before he even gets through, God is already working on the other end. He's already got a woman in place. And, and he puts this woman here. And again, there's just a great work of God going on. A great work of God going on. And so this young lady, which would become the mother of Israel, she would live a life from this point on that would be highly favored. A life that was blessed uh, above women. She, she would be blessed and highly favored. So, uh, and, and, and the fact that she become that woman all hinged on this thought. And I want to try to get this thought on your heart this morning. I have room. Verse 25. Look at verse 25. We both we have both straw and provender enough and room to lodge in. We have room. We have room. Do you have anywhere that I, I, I could abide there at your house, at your father's house? We have room. I, I'm gonna tell you, this is a young lady, a young virgin lady, and and uh, she's probably got a lot on her mind, probably got a lot of big plans. She's out drawing water. There's probably a lot of other things she'd rather be doing. I can't imagine every day your task and it said the time when women go out to draw water. I can't imagine that being your task every day to go and draw water at a certain time. She's going through the motion. She's you know, doing what she always does. And it would have been very easy to say, you know what, we don't have room. You need to find somewhere else to go. Uh, everything hinged on the thought of Yes, we welcome you. I have room. And so had she not had room for this work of God that's going on, if she didn't have room for that, then 
God would have made arrangements some other way. And I know this was divinely an act of God, uh, but God can do His work however He wants to, Brother Buck. If I'm not willing to do the work of God, God can move me out of the way and put somebody in my place. He, they don't need me. Certainly, I need Him. He, he don't need me in any kind of way. God can move me out of the way and put somebody else. God can move you out of the way and put somebody else in your place that would be willing to do the work of God. And so this young lady, she was she was willing to open up her heart. She was willing to say, yes, we have room uh, for you. Uh, this servant, you think, you think about what she's volunteering to do, really. Not only she, the man said, can you give me a little water? She gives him water, and then she said, I will also give water to all thy camels. I don't know just how many camels maybe were there, but she's going to give all these camels water until they are satisfied. What I understand, camels can drink a lot of water. In fact, they drink so much water that they can start on this side of the desert and they can go all the way to the other side of the desert without ever drinking water again. They drink and they drink until they're filled and, and they can go on that for long periods of time. And so she's going to this well and she's giving water and she goes back and she gives water. She goes back and she, gets, she just keeps on giving water until that camel looks up and says, that's enough. Until he's through drinking. She continues to give water. And then she says. Come on. And we're going to fix you a place to stay. And we're going to provide. For you camels and everything. So that, there's a lot going on here. In this work that she's willing to do. And, and so I, I say this this morning. Thank the Lord. She had room. For the work of God. She's seen, again, seemed to be maybe a busy girl. I've never known a young lady yet that was not very busy with a lot of plans. Uh, but now she has even more chores to do, even more camels to see about. And so, uh, what don't you see is this, and we're going to move on. She humbled herself as a servant to help a stranger. Think about that. How much of that do you see going on in the world we're living in today? That people, someone would be willing to humble themselves down to help a stranger. But that's exactly what she does. She, she don't know who this man is. But she humbles herself down to help a stranger. You know, I think about Jesus, and Jesus did the exact same thing. He humbled himself down, and he took upon himself the form of a man for the suffering of death. He humbled himself down, gave his life on a cross, despised the open shame that he had to be hung naked in front of all mankind and beaten and slandered and and, and, and ridiculed and mocked and all the things that they did. He humbled himself down to help an old sinner like me. To help an estranged young boy. One that I was not close to God. I, I, no way to be close to God. God is spiritual. If you worship God, you got to worship Him in spirit and truth. God was lost. And so the Bible says, uh, an enemy of God. That's really what it comes down to. Not just a stranger, but an enemy of the Lord. And, and yet, the Lord's willing to humble Himself down and help me. 
And He helped me in a way that I couldn't do for myself. And so again, the question I have for you this morning, very simple, do you have room for the work of God? I've already mentioned this morning, Mars Hill has a work. We have a ministry. We are laborers together with God. A lot of people look at church as a destination. I got to go to church. I got news for you. If you're saved, if you're part of Mars Hill, you don't just go to Mars Hill, you are Mars Hill. So when you're not here, you have hurt the work of God. Whenever you decide, well, the church don't need me, that's like me saying I don't need my hand. Can I get up? Can I get about without my hand? Sure, I can. I'm glad it's here, though. If I was to cut my hand off this week, some accident, I went to the hospital, they soaked me up a nub. A lot of people get along like that. But I tell you what it does, it makes the work that you have to do more difficult. You, you know, if it was my right hand, Brother Randy, got it cut off. I would have to relearn how to use my left hand to pick up a glass of water. I would have to re I would have to reprogram my mind how to function with my left hand. My left hand, I'm glad I got it. I'm glad I got it too. You try to pick up a box. You don't have your left hand. You can do it now. I mean, you can wiggle that nut up and figure out how to work it. Get by. But boy, I'm glad that hand's there. I don't want to lose it. He's not a part of my body. I want to lose it. And yet, a lot of times, we, well, I'm going to go to church today. You are the church. You are. And you have a work to do. And so I'm asking you this morning, it's a very uh, reasonable question for a pastor to ask, but do you have room for the work of God that God has for you? We're busy people. I know that. We live in a time in, 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 in all of history. We've come out here to 2023. I, I believe just shortly before the Lord comes back. Here we are, the Laodicean church age. We are rich and increased with goods. and We have need of nothing. And yet we don't realize just how spiritually uh, bankrupt we are, so to speak. And, and what we, well, I'm busy. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm so busy. And, and, and I'm asking you, do you have room for the work of God? Do you have room for The God of all creation. The one that tells the sun to shine. And by the way, when you think of the sun, it's not just a little dot up in the sky. 1.3 billion earths could fit inside the sun. A ball of gas that's burning in space without oxygen. <laughs> that's science. This hasn't been explained yet. But, but it is. A ball of gas burning without oxygen. It's burning because God said so. And the gas is just, where's it coming from? Gas burn up after a while. Especially a fire that being that hot. But it's just burning, it's just sitting there because God said so. 
God's, God's managing the universe. And he said, you know what? I'm going to go down to earth. I'm going to take the time. I, I'm going to go down and relate to the people. Whenever I see somebody hungry, I'm going to feed them. When I see somebody sick, I'm going to help them. I'm going to care about I'm going to show compassion to sinners. You have religious people look at Jesus and think, if there's anything to him, he didn't know what kind of people he's hanging around with, who he's sitting down to eat with. And again, I won't, don't misunderstand me. Jesus was not there to fellowship and, and sin with those folks. He was there to show them Jesus. <laughs> he had time. Because what was he here to do? The will of the Father. That's why I'm here. To do the will of the Father. I've got a work to do. That's why I'm here. And so we are, we are. We're very busy people. We're also very, it is our nature. It's my nature, probably your nature too. You know, probably too. We procrastinate. If I can put it off, might as well. Boy, I know I need to. It's just so hot. I'm going to wait till it goes down a little bit. We procrastinate. I know that oil change is needed, but. I think I can get one more week out of it. We procrastinate. I know I need to be more faithful. I'm going to get around to it. We procrastinate. So, so we are busy people and we are people that procrastinate and we are people that we always have an excuse. Always. And please understand, I'm not just talking about showing up for church. Again, we're not just talking about going to church. We're talking about being the church. And so we always got an excuse. Well, I, you know, I got this going on. I got that going on. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. What, do you have room for the work of God? That's the question this morning. Do you have room for the work of God? You go into the book of Hebrews in chapter 11. We would all know what we might call the honor roll of faith. And, and, and you come into that. And what you find is that you have a man named Abel. And he found time to go offer an acceptable sacrifice to God by faith. They had to be a lot to do. You know, only, only they just you and your brother, mom and daddy. That's all. I mean, we have a hard time dealing with life, and you got people doing all sorts of stuff. Maybe doing everything. The whole world needed you. You got the weight of the world on your shoulders. That's, that's where they were. But he found time to do the work of God, to, to, to offer something that would please the Lord with his life. You, you go on and you think about Enoch. The Bible said he lived a life where he walked with God. He could have walked anywhere he wanted to. He said, I'm going to walk with God. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk with God. Not everybody was doing that, but I'm going to walk with God. That's what I'm going to do. By faith, he did. By faith, Noah. Boy, that's a good one. By this time, the world was full and people everywhere and people were wicked from one end to the other. No one on earth was doing anything right. Everybody was living wicked. Everybody was doing what seemed good in their own eyes and marrying and giving in marriage and just living up life and 
You know, I, I believe probably staying drunk all the time. By the way, after Noah got off the ark, first thing he did was went and built him an enterprise. Gonna sell wine, got drunk. And I guarantee you he regretted that decision for the rest of his life. But God looked down upon him. The Bible said he found favor in the eyes of the Lord. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You know why? Because he found time. The work of God's important. God said, I got a work for you to do. I want you to build a boat. That's an odd request. The Lord's never put on my heart, I need to build a boat. But that's what he had for Noah now. Gonna build a boat, an ark. It's gonna be so massive that it's gonna hold two of every kind of animal. It's gonna hold seven of all the different animals. That, and so why did he say seven of certain animals? He had to have, whenever he got off that ark, he made a sacrifice. He had to sacrifice something. Then bad if he sacrificed one of the two. He had to sacrifice something. But he had a work to do. I'll do it. And he went to work. He picked up his hammer and, and he went to work. He, he began to daub and slime that boat and all the different requirements God had. He, Here I am, God. I got time. I got room to do your work. Look back again. It, she said, this woman, she says, we have room. We have room. A little bit later, family called her and said, well, you go with this man. She said, I'll go. She had to be willing to go. Otherwise, Isaac would have been out meditating at, at, at eventide and nobody would have ever showed up. He's out there meditating and he looks up and there comes that future wife. Bob said she was beautiful. She put her veil on so he couldn't see nothing but her eyes, I guess. This is going to be my future wife. She had to be willing she had to be willing by faith Abraham, by faith Isaac, by faith Jacob. You go on and on by faith Moses. You know what Moses did? Moses looked at Egypt and all the riches of Egypt that was his. And he looked at all his people suffering as slaves. He saw their God. And he looked at this great distraction, Egypt. You want gold is yours. You want women is yours. You want wine is yours. Anything you want is yours. And all the gods that go along with it, all that's yours. Or you suffer. He looked over here at the people of God and he said, you know what? I'm going to go with the work of God. I'm going to work for the Lord. I'm going to be the servant of God. And he found that to be more and, and, and it was something that uh, that appealed to him more than everything this world could offer him. That's where we are today. The world's offering us everything. What does Satan do with Jesus? If you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you everything. I'll give you, you know, all the riches of this world and the kingdoms of this world. I'll make it all yours if you'll bow down and worship me. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. But Randy, I, we're in the shape we are. Our country is in the shape it's in 
Churches are falling apart all around us, and the reason is because we're not saying that they're behind us. And we look at the work of God and we say, you know, I, I just don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. You look in Hebrews 11, they all had time. Do you have room? Do you have time? As a great woman. My goodness, it seemed like I got nominated to be a Sunday school teacher. My time is flying by quick. In every department. Oh. Bible said there's a great woman. She looked out her door and she watched a man go by. His name was Elisha. She didn't know that. She just saw, there's a man going by here. I don't know what it was she saw about him, but she perceived that he was a man of God. He's a prophet. And she got to watch him go by the house, go by the house, go by the house. He kept going by. Finally, she stepped out and she said, I want to invite you in. She had a husband. She got her husband's permission. I want to invite you in for bread. So Elisha walked by. He said, come on, I want you to come in and have lunch. Have supper with my husband. He walks in. He eats. He gets up and he goes on his way. She says, you can come by again? Come on in. I've got a meal. We'll see. She does that a little bit for a little while and she realizes this man comes by here continually and, and maybe she's having talks with him and, and he's telling uh, her about the plans of God and the work of God and she finally turned to her husband. She said, you know what? Let's build a little room on the side of our house. Not much, just, just a little room. And inside that room, let's put him a little bed, a table, and a candlestick. Boy, it sounds inconvenient. Brother Callum, when I think about that, that would kind of, that, that wouldn't look quite right on my house. Have a little lean-to on it. I think that'd look too good. I don't think she cared about what it looked like. I'm not going to landscape around that. I don't think she cared. You know why I think that? Because the work of God is important. Her husband built that little house and put a little table and a little candlestick in there and the man of God, every time he went by, he turned in and he rested. He had a little candlestick so I guess he could sit there and study. I know he didn't have a Bible like we do. But he sat there and at the candlestick. I'll tell you what, when I think about that, she had room for the work of God in her heart. That husband had room for the work of God in his heart. Well, I turn over in the New Testament, I find that Joseph... Mary's spouse's husband took his wife to go pay his taxes. While he was on the way, his wife was with child of the Most High God. He's got such a special work. I, I can't imagine being, in, in our terms, a stepfather to Jesus. I can't imagine that. But... He gets to the place where he's going. He gets there and he knocks on the innkeeper. 
the hotel. Hey, my wife is great with child. She's going to give birth tonight. Then keep shaking. Hey, some people don't have no room for the work of God. I'm going to tell you that statement. That's one of the biggest lies in Scripture. I don't have no room. Where did he sleep? I'm going to tell you something. If there's a woman great with child about to give birth and she didn't have nowhere else to go and she's in trouble and she stopped by and said, you know, her husband said, look, my wife is with child and she's delivering right here. Might deliver on the front porch if you don't walk, uh, watch out. I said, I tell you what, you bring her on in this house, she can have my bed. Hey, she up somewhere. Don't have no room. That's about where we are today with a lot of folks. And, and this is not an accusation. I hope you understand. I'm not here to rake you over the coals. But that's about where we are. I don't have room. I don't have room for that. No room. No room for the Lord. We don't have room for that. Do you know this? God puts you here on this earth not to use every second to your advantage, not to try to build you an empire made out of sand. God puts you here not so you could be successful at your job. Now, I know there's a means to an end, and, and I'm not saying God didn't bless you with your job, but that's not your sole purpose for living. Uh, it, it's not to be successful businessman or woman, or it, it's it, it's not so you can do better than mom or daddy did. And you know, when mom and daddy was poor. I'm gonna try to be better off than them. Mom and daddy didn't go to college. I'm gonna try to make sure I'm the first one to go to college. We get all these dreams and ideas. God didn't put you here so you could fill out your dreams and ideas. He didn't. Can God bless you more than your heart can stand it? Yes, He can. He can run your cup over. God is a God of provision. We've been studying that on Sunday nights. But God puts you here. Especially if you've trusted Jesus and you're a saved person. Oh, God's got you here to humble you as a servant and say, I have room for the Word of God. I have room for it. I'm not going to be like everybody else. I'm not going to let this world overwhelm me. I'm not going to let my cares come ahead of God's cares. I'm not going to let what I want to do be more important than what God has for me to do. God puts you here to humble yourself and accept His work. He's got a work. Isaiah, I'll, I'll close with this. Isaiah 6 and verse 8 says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here I am. Send me. That's the heart of a servant. Here I am. Send me. Yes, I've got room for this work, God, whatever the work is. Oh, this, I tell you what, this work that God has for me, it seems like more than I can handle. It should. Because let me tell you something, you're not going to be the one handed. We stand by the power of His might, not our own. If you try to do the work of God standing on your own two feet doing it by yourself, you're going to fail anyway. 
That's why a lot of religions are troubled. It's man-made. It's standing on man's principles. This is the body of Christ. Jesus is the head. He's got a great work. Do you have room for it this morning? We'll ask for a song.